0: You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam.
1: We're going to continue talking about kingdom financial prosperity uh, this morning. Uh, go with me to Romans 13.8 from the Amplified. I'm going to read again as I have been these many mornings. In Romans 13.8 it says, Keep out of debt. That is just good advice. Keep out of debt. Owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor and practices loving others has fulfilled the law relating to one's fellow man, meeting all the requirements. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, as we embark on kingdom financial prosperity, that you teach us the kingdom system of how to be out of debt so that our actions, our motives, everything that we do in life could be acts of love in order to bring the kingdom to reality, to this world. I thank you, Lord, that as we open up your word, that, the Holy, that you, Holy Spirit, will reveal it to our hearts, that we would grow by your word to understand what you've called us and how you've called us to participate in this world so that we can give you all of the glory, all of the honor for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well glory, so we're going to recap a little bit because I know not everybody's here every Sunday So we're going to recap just a little bit and jump into uh, to this week's lesson We've talked about two different financial systems a world system. It's based upon the system of Babylon It's based on a system of debt And we talked we've been talking about the kingdom system God's kingdom financial system What a great opportunity that God has given us to operate in his financial system a system that is built on increase how many know that increase is better than debt amen amen Amen. the kingdom of god is mentioned hundred and forty seven times in the gospel and where is the kingdom of god it's on the inside of you doesn't come with observation for the kingdom of god is on the inside of you God has no financial issues, but debt is robbing God's people and enslaving them. Supernatural financial increase requires a supernatural assistance from the Holy Spirit. It's why it's so important that we be in tune to what the Holy Spirit has for us. God wants us to use what He's already given us to receive what He's already prepared for us. A system of increase based upon His grace. Amen. So we're going to talk about the kingdom financialist system again and so and, and how important it is to listen to the Holy Spirit. We want to be givers who give according to the Holy Spirit. You heard Elder Frank read, not grudgingly or out of necessity. Not because somebody twisted a scripture and guilted you into giving something. No, we want to give in accordance with God's word so that we can receive in accordance with God's Word. And we were over in First Kings 17, and we're going to be over there again, so if you have your Bibles with you, turn over with me to First Kings chapter 17. I'm going to start in verse 2, and we're just going to go through, and we're going to, we're going to read what we read last week, and then, we'll, and then we'll jump in. And it says here in verse 2, Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, well, Hold on for a second. The word of the Lord came to Elijah, saying, What makes Elijah more anointed than you? What makes Elijah have more provision than you? What makes Elijah be able to perform more miracles than you? He spent more time with God. Elijah was a man like you and I, and anointed by God. He spent more time with God. He listened to God. He did what God told him to do. And therefore, he received the provision of the kingdom system here on the earth. Elijah, when we read these stories in the Bible, a lot of time we think uh, think less of ourselves Because Elijah was anointed by God. He was God's prophet. Therefore, Elijah could do the great miracles that he did. We think less of. Of ourselves. But we should never think less of ourselves or think that we're not entitled to the same things that others are under the kingdom system. We are entitled to everything that God has provided to mankind. Elijah spent time with God, Elijah trusted God, Elijah listened to God. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah. He listened. See, God is not a respecter of persons. We know that from Scripture. Acts 10.43 and Romans 2.11 tells us that God does not respect you based upon who you are. God is a respecter of faith. Faith moves God. Faith moves mountains. Faith moves us. God is a respecter of faith, and we know that just simply from Hebrews 11 and 1 John 5 and 4. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. See, the thing that gives us victory, the thing that moves the mountains, the things that makes us capable of operating in the kingdom system is our faith. Elijah was anointed by God. You know, and there's a lot of people who are real spiritual. Elijah was anointed. I'm just a born-again believer, but Elijah was anointed. What does anointed mean? It means to be rubbed. Elijah was was rubbed by God. Why? Because Elijah spent time getting close to God, rubbing up against God. You can do the same thing. I can do the same thing. When I spend my time in prayer, when I spend my time in meditation, when I spend my time in worship, when I spend my time in study, what am I doing? I am getting closer to God. That the anointing of God become more of a reality through my life. So that God becomes so big on the inside of me, this body can't contain it. And it's overflowing into everything I do and everybody I encounter. Verse 3, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook as I have commanded ravens to also feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. See, that's the difference between Elijah and some of us. He did according to the word of the Lord. And he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying. See, he was in tune with the Holy Spirit. Elijah was in tune with the Holy Spirit and found himself in the place of provision by the brook, being fed and watered by God. But when the brook dried up, the word of the Lord came. Elijah was in tune with God. He had to have been lying by the brook, and as he saw the last drop of water float on by, he had to have said, Lord, I am ready to go to my next place of provision. But see, many of us, when we get to our place of provision, we want to build an encampment, we want to build a city, we want to build an altar, and we never want to move. And when the Spirit of the Lord moves and asks us to move, we still are back where our provision was. Begging God to bring the provision back so that we can experience the good old days. I think it was Henry Fonda in the movie movie, Nobody that says, I was there. The good old days weren't all that good. You know, it's our memories of them that are good. But the provision, the goodness of God is where God goes, where God is moving to. And so we need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit so that we can, can be in this place of kingdom provision. If we're to reign in kings, see, we have to understand how this, the kingdom works, how we can get here, how, how, how it operates. To, and it operates by being in tune with the Holy Spirit. That is a faith walk, trusting God. But when He says go, when He says come to do that, when He says give, when He says to pray, when He says to do things, being in tune with Him. The anointing of the God operates. In accordance with God's laws or His principles designed by the kingdom, the Holy Spirit operates by these same kingdom principles. See, the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God is not a feeling. How many times i have had people come in and go, well, I sure didn't feel anointed in that service. Well, that ain't the preacher's fault. That's the participant's fault. The anointing of God is not a feeling, the anointing of of, of God is is a relationship, it's an action, and it manifests itself. You know, the the day that, that, that God's miracles stop operating in my life, the day that provision stops operating in my life, I will know that the anointing has left because I have missed God. But as I'm in tune with God and hear God, you know what follows me? The favor of God follows me everywhere I go. Why? Because I'm following the Holy Spirit. And miracles continue to manifest. Provision continues to manifest. The blessing of the Lord continues to manifest. And every day, I want to get better at hearing the Holy Spirit. What, you know what would be really depressing? Is for God to show me all the times that I missed it and what I would have had had I not. Now that would be depressing. Thank God that, Forgiveness doesn't work that way. Forgiveness is, is hey, we're gonna, every day is a new day. I have a plan and a hope for you. I have a future that's set out for you if you'll follow me today. For today is the day of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will not and cannot work outside the principles of the laws of the kingdom of God. So God's system of increase works according to the kingdom. The kingdom is just like a government. It is a government. Just like the United States, we have laws. You can't go into to, to Bank of America and make a withdrawal that you don't have money in a bank for. I've seen people on t- you know, television do that. They go into Bank of America to make a withdrawal for something that they don't have money for. Generally, they go in with a mask and a large gun. You cannot do that. It's not the way the kingdom works. There's over 7,400 promises available to us if we can just learn how the kingdom works and tap in. To the promises God has for us. Amen? So the promise. The promise. Glory. Verse 9. So The Lord tells Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow. Now I want you to remember this saying from verse 9. God says to Elijah, I have commanded a widow. Now, the and you've heard me say this time and time again, that the greatest gift God has ever given to mankind is free choice. It's free choice. We are free to choose to serve God or not serve God. We're free to choose to, to go to heaven or go to hell. We are free to choose God's plan of salvation or reject it. We are free to choose. He gave that to us. He created us not to be angels, not to, not to be... To be uh, controlled. And and subject to servitude. But he gave us the freedom. To make choices. And God says. Hey I've commanded a woman. So let's remember that. He says. I've commanded this widow there. To provide for you. So he arose. See when God spoke. And told Elijah what to do. He didn't debate God. It says he arose. And he went to Zarephath. See Faith without corresponding action is dead. See, when you trust God, and He gives you direction for your life, we have to put corresponding action to it. Faith without corresponding action is dead. It it leads to nothing. There has to be corresponding action to it. Otherwise, it's not faith. And when He came to the gate of the city... Indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Elijah was expecting his provision to proceed him. Let me ask you a question. When you get up in the morning and get going, are you expecting your provision to precede you? Most people expect their provision to trail them. Because that's the world system. By the sweat of thy brow. By the work I receive because I did. But when you're in hopeful expectation, you should be expecting your provision to be at your place of appointment. If the Holy Spirit has told me to go someplace, my provision is going to be there when I get there. My provision will be there when I get there. I remember when my wife and I went into ministry uh, full-time. So it was a little over 25 years ago. Uh, we had left a corporate life, and um, we, were, we were going out by faith. We, we had you know, taken what we had, and we put it into the gospel, and we were going out by faith. Hopefully expecting That God, who cannot lie, would have the provision ready and waiting for us when we got there. When we showed up, we were told by the ministry that had invited us is that they didn't have any budget for salaries. Well, that's okay, because God's my provider. Do you know that God used a Muslim man that I had met in business to fund us in in ministry for almost two years? Yeah. Your profi- provision is supposed to precede you. Elijah knew that. He knew his provision was to precede him. So he told the woman, go give me a little bit of water if you will, and hey, bring me back some food. You know, maybe an 18-inch pizza. Thin crust. You know, he knew his pr- pr- provision Was going before him. Because Elijah had a revelation of the kingdom of God's provision. He had a revelation of it. Verse 12. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple sticks that I may go in, prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now let me ask you a question. Remember back to verse 9. Does this sound like I have a widow that I have commanded? Does this widow sound like she was expecting Elijah to show up? I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking if he's commanded a widow, when I get to the gate, the widow's going to be going there and go, are you Elijah? Beautiful. God told me you were coming. I'm here. I mean, I've heard the stories from, from Lester Summerall, you know, back when he was working with Harry Carter, and, you know, before they had airplanes, and he got on a boat and sailed six months over to Australia, and God led him to the place where, where Harry Carter was and said, I'm, I'm here because God told me to come and, and, and learn from you the ministry. And for Harry Carter to go, okay, well, tomorrow night we're doing a meeting, show up. And then Harry Carter sent him away, didn't tell him where it was, and took off to the meeting. That if you hear from God, you'll find me. The Holy Spirit will tell you where to go. And Dr. Summerall showed up at the meeting. See, that's what I expect here. But this widow didn't know. This widow didn't look like she was, the Lord said, the prophet Elijah is coming, all my problems are over with. When he gets here, we're going to have us a big feast. No, she said, look, all I've got is just a little bit of flour. I've been collecting these sticks. You saw me. I'm going to light the sticks on fire so that I can make a little meal into some bread that my son and I can eat it and die. That's not a godly vision. But back in verse 9, what did God say? I have commanded a widow. But you know what? God always works through people. God always works through people. This phrase, I have commanded in the Hebrew, is tava. Tava. This word, tava, I have commanded, it means appointed, charged, put, or set in order. See, that's how God works. God has set in divine appointments and connections in order for you and for me. That's how the kingdom works. That's how the kingdom works. Divine appointments set in order. I mean, let's just take, for instance, Pastor Tina and I. 2011, Pastor Tina came here. Met the pastor who was here before. He and I knew a lot of the same people in ministry, and then we were started coming here. And I would speak for him periodically, and uh, you know we were, we developed a, a friendship, right? When they left in 2014, we were set in order. In fact, is we were told. That that, uh, the Grace International, you know, our parent organization, Grace International never asks people in the congregation if they're interested in being considered for the pastorship. But in this case, Pastor Thor had been ministering here periodically when the previous pastor was here, and I had been ministering here, you know, periodically over about three years, and they made an announcement. Because normally what Grace International does is they send it out to all of their ministers all around the world. And says, hey, there's a church that needs a pastor. Uh, if you're feeling led of the Lord, you can apply for the position. But that's not what happened. They came up and they said, if there's anybody in this congregation who's interested in applying, we normally don't do this, uh, but, see, but see me. And that was, pastor, that was Pastor Dale who did that. And I remember, we went to Nando's that day. I remember, because we were sitting, the four of us were sitting in a booth, and somebody came by and said, you guys should apply for the job. And the first thing out of, it, out of Pastor Thor's mouth, not me. <laughs> but what had happened? It had been set in order. I didn't just show up here uh, in May of 2014 and say, God sent me. No, he, he set us in order. He, this is where he had told us to come in 2011. Are you saying you, you, he already knew? God knows everything. I'm not saying he knew. I, I'm, I, the previous pastor probably had opportunities. He could have done certain things and stayed here if he wanted to or, or leave. It, you know, God has given us all free choice. But the thing is, he had set in order and placed us here for our Elijah moment. When he met this woman from Zarephath. It was a divine appointment. It was it, 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 it was uh, commanded, it was it was Tava, it was it was uh, the time. See, God had set an order for Elijah, this person. Also, remember in the Bible, you remember Rebekah, Rachel, Rahab, Barak, you know, Peter, Cornelius? I mean, you can go on and on. Peter is up on his roof praying, and he sees unclean food. And what happens? Cornelius had been spoken to by the Lord and told to go meet Peter. What does Peter say? No, Lord, not me. Nothing unclean has ever come into my lips. I've obeyed the law. I'm not going to socialize with unbelievers, with Gentiles. I'm not going to eat unclean food. See, but God had to shake Peter up. Why? Because he was Tava. He was the appointed, he was the divine appointment. He was was the thing that was set in order. Rahab, a harlot. She was the divine appointment for the children of Israel going in uh, to take the promised land. In Jericho, you remember? She hid the spies. And because of that, her family was saved. Divine appointment. God sets, or better yet, sets in order your provision, your opportunity in the kingdom by grace to be by faith with corresponding action. God sets that up for us. When we get up in the morning, we should be expecting wherever the Holy Spirit has sent us for our provision to be there when we get there. That's how the kingdom works. We're we're not operating by our sweat and toil. We're operating by the kingdom financial system. Our prosperity is awaiting our arrival to our destiny and our destination. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Isn't that a common theme throughout the Bible? Elijah says to her, Do not fear. Why? Because fear is the opposite of faith. Jesus knew, if I can get him out of fear, I can get him into faith. Elijah knew, if I can keep her out of fear, I can get her into faith. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterwards some for yourself and your son. So this is God's plan? I mean, think about it. Go find a widow who's broke about to run out of food and starve, one who has almost no money left, and ask her to give you everything she has in the offering. That's your plan, God? That's the widow you've commanded? I'm supposed to go to her and ask her for everything she has that she needs to live on? You know, in America, this story would be front page CNN, man. The National Enquirer, preacher, con's widow, out of every last dollar. But there's a principle at work here. Because she is Elijah's provision. She is his destination. But here's what most people don't realize. He is her provision. He is who the kingdom had set in order for her provision. And the kingdom of God does not work like the Babylonian system. The kingdom system, we give, and it shall be given unto us. The world system, we get, and then we may give something. But most likely not. I mean, that's the world system. I mean, you even hear it from believers who operate. You know, man, if if, if God gave me a a $50,000 a year raise, yeah, I would give. You get a $5,000 raise and you don't do anything. What makes you think God wants to give you another $45,000? He couldn't get your stingy hands, uh, you know, away from your wallet as it was. Why? Because the kingdom system has provision going before us. And the world system is about get all I can and hold on to it because it's a fear-based system. Debt is fear-based. How am I going to pay it back? What am I going to do if I don't get it? It's a fear-based system. Preacher cons widow out every last dollar. Verse 14. For thus says, you know, faith always speaks. Faith always speaks. Elijah's getting ready to speak the word of the Lord. Faith always speaks. That's why in Isaiah 55:11, "So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth." Faith speaks. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Faith speaks. What does faith speak? Faith speaks the abundance of your heart. I mean, that's the way it works. If you've got little faith, little faith coming out. If you've got only doubt and unbelief, you know that's what's going to be coming out. Your heart—it it, it comes out of the abundance. Faith always speaks. For thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, Nor shall the jar of oil run dry Until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Full provision. See, Elijah expected nothing less. Why? Because his provision went before him. God's system, your provision goes before you. The promise of full provision. So then we have to say, okay, what is faith? Obviously, uh, Elijah is operating faith. What is faith? How does this faith work and activate this full provision in the kingdom? How How does this work? Faith is like having gasoline in the tank of your car. It's there, but the car ain't moving. The faith is there, it's in the car. The faith is there, it's inside of you. The faith is there, it's inside of you. But until it's ignited, the engine won't crank. The engine won't run. The engine won't power the the car. Your faith needs to ignite. There needs to be a corresponding action. God has already given to every man a measure of faith. You've got it. Your tank is full. You've got what you need. But we have to ignite it. We have to have corresponding action. Elijah said, hey man, that bin's not going to run dry. The, The jar of oil won't run out. She has to put some corresponding action to it. She has to ignite her faith. Her provision is in front of her. What choice does she make? My wife and I have had some times where we were directed to give way beyond what we had. Knowing that we needed. So I know what it's like. To go, yeah, Holy Spirit, that's a great number. Maybe I'll give that much this year. Today? Today, Lord? But see, then we get our eyes off faith. Start walking by sight. I start looking at the checkbook. Thinking about all the bills. All the anxiety comes there. Why? Because now I'm walking outside of faith and I'm walking into fear. I'm forgetting that, that, that my provision is before me. What God told me to sow is the number that I need to sow. It is what I need to do. It's where I need to be so that He can provide the provision that He's already lined up for me. My provision is before me. I know what it's like to be where this widow was. What do you mean? I've only got a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. We're going to make this this cake, eat it, and die. And you're saying, "Give give it to you? And if I do that... My bin won't run empty, and my my jar won't run out of oil. Well, that's what it says. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And that's why it's so important to be in tune with the Holy Spirit in our giving. Because God's kingdom principle is that your provision goes before you. And we need to be in touch with the Holy Spirit. Because I want my faith to ignite. I want my car to run. I mean, it's one thing to have a really nice car in the driveway with the tank full. But if it don't run, I've got a body that is full of faith. I want it to run. I want to do things that I just go, God, this is is impossible in the natural. I can tell you what. Pastor Dale Ray gave us the the lowdown on, on the finances of this church in 2014. Had I been walking in the natural, man, I would have run. I wouldn't have just got up and said, thank you for lunch. We're we're out of here, you know. I mean, see, faith speaks. My response was, we're not taking the church pastorship because of the money. We're taking it because God said to do it. God told us to do that. See, our faith has to speak. And sometimes it's been, you know, by the grace of God... But you know what? He's always provided. We have not missed a, a bank payment. Since we've been here, The bank still this bank still can't comprehend it, but since we've been here, we've refinanced this building twice. Old times, they look at our numbers and go, you had 60 people in church, you had 40 people in church. You, had, you can't pay for a $1.4 million note. Never missed a payment. The lights have never been turned off. Now our lighting controller isn't helping us. But the power's never been turned off by faith. Not just my faith, your faith. We are in this together. When Elder Frank says, you know, we are standing in paid for, knowing that this building is paid for and debt free, it is all of us together laying hold of the promise and allowing our provision to go before us. Because faith is being fully convinced. I mean, that's the key. Faith is being fully convinced. Go over with me to Romans chapter 4. Romans 4, let's, let's start in verse 19. Romans 4 19. We're on the home stretch. For me, this is the most exciting part of this, this lesson today. I was like, Lord, can I just teach this part right up front? But we've got to get there. Romans four nineteen. talking about Abraham, and not being weak in faith, he, Abraham, did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. Now most people who are about 100 years old aren't thinking about having babies. But God promised Abraham a baby through Sarah, a promised child. And he did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now you imagine Abraham going, Man, I'm about 100 years old. I, I don't, my body. And look over at your wife and go, now, ain't happening. It says he did not. He did not allow unbelief to entertain his thoughts. But he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully convinced. Being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform. What what was the key to Bartimaeus' miracle? You remember him? In the Bible, he was mentioned as blind Bartimaeus, but we really can't refer to him as blind Bartimaeus because after his encounter with Jesus, he was just Bartimaeus. He wasn't blind no more. What was the key to Bartimaeus receiving his sight? He was fully convinced. How do I know that? Because they kept telling him to shut up be quiet, you're a beggar, be quiet, don't bother Jesus. And the more they told him to shut up, the more he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, come here, I am fully convinced. If I can get you to come here, I will receive my sight. He was fully convinced. He didn't care about what people thought about him. He didn't care what people were going to say about him tomorrow. He didn't care about what the reporters and MSNBC were going to say about him. He did not care one lick. Why? Because he was fully convinced that what God promised, he would also perform. What about the woman who had the issue with blood? Why did she receive her, her miracle? And all the other people touching Jesus, uh, there's no account of anything supernatural that happened at the time. Why? Because she was fully convinced. There were people all around Jesus. They were touching him. In fact, as it says, the throngs. I mean, you imagine Jesus. He's walking down these tiny, narrow streets. And there's thousands of people pressing up against Jesus. And all of a sudden, he says, who touched me? And Peter's like, what in the world are you talking about, Jesus? What do you mean, who touched you? Everybody touched you. And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me with faith because I felt power or virtue leave my body. What made the difference? She was fully convinced. She knew that if she left her house with an issue of blood, she was in violation of the law and likely could be stoned. But it says that she pressed through the crowd." She wasn't concerned about what people say. She wasn't concerned about how they would react to her being unclean. She wasn't concerned about that. She was fully convinced if she could get to Jesus, she would be made well. She was fully convinced. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I love it from the Amplified. Faith is the title deed. You know what, when you have title deed, everybody is fully convinced. They know you own that vehicle. But faith gives you the title deed before you even see it. It's what you can rely on, provide your full uh, conviction, be fully convinced that you have it, because faith is the title deed. Well, how do you receive the title deed? Well, we know, because Jesus said, he says, you say unto this mountain, you say unto your situation, be removed, cast in the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say shall come to pass, and you will have whatever you say. You'll have the title deed to it. Fully convinced that God is able. Fully convinced that your provision is before you. Fully convinced that what you are standing on will be accomplished. This widow had to become fully convinced that by giving the prophet her last bit of meal, that God would fulfill his promise. The promise of the kingdom. Verse 15. So she went away. Now, remember the rich young ruler who went away? Anybody remember that story? What must I do, Jesus, to inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus said, Obey the commandments. He said, I've obeyed the commandments since I was young. He says, "I've, I've been good. I've lived according to the rules and the regulations, Jesus. Well, he says, well, then go sell all you have and give it to the poor. And what does it say? The rich young ruler went away sad because he had great possessions. Or you could say it this way, because great possessions had him. He went away sad. So the widow woman went away and did according to the word of Elijah. See, she was fully convinced. She was fully convinced. Why was she fully convinced? Because God had already said, man, I have prepared for you a widow woman. God had already spoken to her. God is speaking to us on a regular basis. God is speaking to unbelievers on your behalf. Why? Because you have favor. If you're a born-again believer, the Bible says you have favor that surrounds you like a shield. You have the unmerited favor of God working on your behalf. And when you get to your destination, your provisions before you, God will even use a donkey if He needs to. She and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. God cannot do without you. Your provision needs you. God has already sent your provision before you. He is waiting for you to get there and obtain it. That's why I said, I'm hope you know i I'm glad he doesn't play a replay of all the provision that I missed. Because he had set before me everything I need. It says he sets before us life and death. Everything I needed for a God kind of Zoe life has been set before me. But thank God for the provision that I run into every day by listening to the Holy Spirit. Because God needs me. God needs you. He cannot do anything in this world without a man. Adam sold away the rights of God to be able to operate in this world without a man to the enemy. When he when when he disobeyed God, he sold that away. So God now needs us. He that's why he needed a Moses to lead the children out of out of Egypt. God needs us. Jesus, do you know God needs us operating faith. Do you know that, that Jesus couldn't even do any any mighty works without faith and operation? That's what the Bible says. God needs people of faith in order to get to, to the destination of provision that He has for Him in the kingdom. But when we don't walk in faith, when we're walking in fear, our provisions before us, but we're making the wrong decisions because we're following the wrong voice. Jesus couldn't do any mighty works. They said because of their unbelief. I've heard people say, well, Jesus could do anything. He, the Bible says He couldn't. He couldn't do anything. He could only do what He was given authority and right to do. And God needs us to give Him that authority and that right. That's why we've got to be so connected with the Holy Spirit. Because we have a right to kingdom results if we'll be fully convicted and convinced, sold out, the God is able to do what He has promised He would do. Amen?
0: You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480 545 or by email at info at valorcc.com That's info at valorcc.com or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona 85296.